2: It certainly changes week to week. It practically changes day to day. Jonathan Zaslow filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons tonight here on Amber and Ian. Amber and Ian is presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. So Zaslow, the odds right now, according to ESPN bet for the NFL MVP, Brock Purdy the big favorite at the moment. Minus okay. two fifteen right now. That's now a heavy it's a big favorite. Okay. It's a heavy favorite right now. Now it's Lamar Jackson who is behind him at plus four fifty. Dak Prescott has fallen into the third spot before this past weekend, Dak Prescott was leading the way. Now Dak Prescott has fallen into the third st- slot here in terms of the odds at plus 650. And Christian McCaffrey, the first non-quarterback on the board for ESPN, bet at plus 1,000. That's
0: crazy to me. McCaffrey plus 1,000. Like I, I, I really believe 1 and 2, 1A, 1B, whatever you want, I think is Purdy and McCaffrey. And, and right now, actually... I would lean toward McCaffrey. Now, I don't feel like, oh, you, you know, Purdy and it's Shanahan's system and anyone could do that. Well, no, like, Garoppolo didn't do this. Trey Lance didn't do this. Brock Purdy's the one doing it. So I, I I don't believe that. But I think McCaffrey is pretty clearly the best player on the probably the best team in the NFL. So McCaffrey, so far down that, like, what was he fifth? Is that what you meant? The odds are plus 1,000. And he's fit. And I wouldn't even I wouldn't even say Amber. It's not like I would tell people, hey, go to ESPN bet, you know, lay the mortgage. You got anytime you have a big bet, you want to lay the mortgage. Lay the mortgage on McCaffrey. (laughs) That's not true. Lay the mortgage on McCaffrey plus one thousand. Your spouse is gonna be so happy when it hits. But I wouldn't say not how it works. But I wouldn't say that here because McCaffrey's not gonna hit. Like these the voters they 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 don't want to vote for not quarterback. So that's why McCaffrey is so low. And and it's weird. Like, like Amber, you, you say how every week the MVP frontrunner changes. And I don't remember there being a year like this where that really is true. I feel like for most of last year, at least the second half of last season, it was Mahomes or it was Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. You sprinkled in a little bit of Tua there before he got hurt, but it was Mahomes or it was Hurts. And now this year... It's almost been like we're checking guys off the list, right, all throughout the season. Like, I think Tua got checked off the list a couple of weeks ago. You can't lose that game to Tennessee, even though you have Tyreek Hill, who's hurt, and offensive lineman out. If you're the MVP, you need to win that game. So we checked him off the list. C.J. Stroud, for a while, was near the top of that list. But he got hurt last couple of games. They fell off a little bit. You cross C.J. Stroud off the list. I think you cross Tyreek Hill off the list too, Amber, because he's not going to get 2,000 yards now since he missed this last game. And that was really the route, right, for Tyreek Hill to win MVP if he got the record. So you cross him off. And then a couple weeks ago, you had the big matchup in Dallas between the Eagles and the Cowboys. And it's Hurst versus Prescott. And if Prescott wins that, we're going to cross Hurst off the list, and Prescott's going to be the guy sitting on the throne. For this week. And that's what happened. But now you had Pre- you had Prescott have a dud. Uh, and the Cowboys offense just a dud of a performance in Buffalo. So now we're crossing Prescott off the list. And the only one that we haven't crossed off the list yet, right? Is Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey. I don't remember an MVP season or at least an MVP storyline season like the one we have now where it really does change on a week-to-week basis. And I think it's Purdy and McCaffrey... Uh, Until they say otherwise, really.
2: And I think Brock Purdy should have been scratched off the list if, in fact, we are being fair in scratching these quarterbacks off the list, given this award typically goes to a quarterback because, yes, that is the most important and so people say most valuable position on the field. I think sometimes that's overstating it, frankly, and undervaluing the other positions around the quarterback. Nevertheless, it's what we say. And so you're right. A bad game like Tua has against Tennessee. We scratch you off the list, essentially, Tua right now, in terms of the odds sitting at plus 2,500 according to ESPN. And he's had a
0: great year.
2: However, Brock Purdy... Why wasn't he scratched off the list then when he lost three games in a row, three in a row to the Browns, so, so the Vikings, ago. and the Bengals? And so that's my problem with giving it to Brock Purdy. It's the timing factor. You are absolutely right. Brock ends up getting this thing because Tua's loss was later in the season. You know, it's like so stupid. But by the way, Brock had three of them back to back to back. Yep. And if you pull the stats this season, it is in fact Tua that's sitting at the top of the leaderboard in terms of. passing yards it's not Brock right in terms of touchdowns Brock does he have the most in the NFL I think passing touchdowns I think Brock might have the most right now in the NFL Tua has more interceptions that's just between those two guys but of course there's other quarterbacks here competing in terms of the odds for Brock being Lamar being Dak much closer in odds even Josh Allen is tied in terms of the odds with Christian McCaffrey however if you pull the stats for running backs like McCaffrey, other than touchdowns, because that's most, but McCaffrey is like you know way ahead in terms of rushing. He's going to have
0: two thousand combined yards. All right, it's he, unbelievable. He's, he's got like thirteen hundred rushing yards right now and something like five hundred receiving yards. Right, McCaffrey. So he's he's a, a game maybe two away from surpassing two thousand yards. And obviously, he gets a ton of touchdowns. But as the odds there on ESPN bet show you. The voters aren't going to go that route. They're
2: just not. And which is stupid. Because I think even we saw with our Miami Dolphins, when we were watching Tua and Tyreek, and at that point they were both heavy favorites in the MVP. As Tyreek, obviously, a, a wide receiver, but considering the position, a heavy favorite in terms of the MVP odds. And then Tyreek goes down. And without a week to game plan for it, right, that didn't look at all the same because that offense ran through Tyreek Hill as much as it ran through anybody. We're always so used to these offenses running through the quarterback. I felt like it was a testament to how important Tyreek is, right? Making him the most valuable player on that team because boy, does Tua look different if in fact he goes down in the moment. Now, of course, Tua gets it together by the next week and he realizes, hey, Jalen Waddle's a great option as well and he utilizes the running game and the weapons around him and yada yada. Mike McDaniel had a week to plan, but in the immediacy when Tyreek Reek went down and that's kind of how it looked with Brock Purdy when Debo Samuel went down right and with these quarterbacks sometimes when their big weapons go down and it just sort of highlights the importance of the weapons themselves so when those weapons are having unbelievable historical type seasons or as consistent as CMC has been all season long why the hell not give it to one of the weapons man otherwise just make it a quarterback award
0: let me ask you something why aren't we talking more about the quarterback who has won an MVP before, who's been to a Super Bowl, and his team is tied for the best record in the NFL? Why don't we talk more about Lamar ja- I have a theory why, but why aren't we talking more about Lamar Jackson winning this award?
2: Uh, because Lamar Jackson, unfortunately for himself, set his own Uh, set the the standard in 2019, set his own standard at MVP in his sophomore season in the NFL. And I think that when he come out in that kind of way that lamar jackson did when he won, when he won the nfl mvp that season by doing things that we had never seen before now you've set the bar and now you're all going to be compared unfair. to yourself oh it's totally unfair it's like you got into the league you did too good you needed to play it yep. differently lamar you should have done a little less good early on a little more good later we would have been giving you mvp after mvp but i think that's what's happened because, he set yeah, his own bar yeah. we compare him to I himself agree. so he's having an amazing season lamar jackson ain't 2019
0: He's, he's, he has a career high right now, completion percentage. He's going to have a career high by, by a wide margin. He's going to have a career high in passing yards. But then you look at those touchdowns. And in 2019, he had 36 touchdown passes. <laughs> by the way, also, you know, had a total with the rushing, had 43. But 36 touchdown passes. And this year, he's on pace for maybe 20. He's right. got 17 right now. And even though that shouldn't play any kind of part, and him being most valuable this year, I think it hurts him. I think think the voters have a problem with giving him the award when you're that amazing. How can we possibly give you MVP this year when you're not even close to that amazing this year? Even though he's probably playing smarter and better football
2: but you're not playing your best football in terms right, of some of those right. gaudy stats that were so heroic yeah. early in his career. It is Christian McCaffrey who should, in fact, be MVP. He will not win MVP because of the position he plays. His quarterback, Brock Purdy, even agrees.
1: Dude, I think, I think Christian should be MVP. I, think, I, I really do believe that. You know, He does everything for us, runs the ball well, can catch the ball. He does everything. And so, in my eyes, that's an MVP.
0: He's Brock smart. He can do you everything. See, In order to win the vote, somebody's got to bow out and you got to endorse the other guy. He's very smart. That's a good job out of him right there.
2: That's true. Well, that's a nice, that's a humble job. The problem is he's going to need a couple other quarterbacks to bow out as well before Christian McCaffrey, frankly, even has a chance at this thing. And that's stupid uh, because it should be CMC's award. Coming up next here. On Amber and Ian, Jonathan Zaslow filling in for Ian tonight. Tom Brady is calling out quarterbacks on Instagram nowadays. We will get in to Tom Brady's comments on IG. arguing during the break all of us well not Zaslow Zazlo filling no, in tonight for no, Ian no, no. Fitzsimmons you sat there silent I noticed yeah. as James Steele and I just going at it
0: yeah I save my energy for the air I relax
2: during Playing breaks. Switzerland over there I don't know what quite you're doing uh, you <laughs> need to have an opinion we were arguing because James Steele has this irrational phobia that everybody is constantly trying to discredit or unseat Patrick Mahomes. Because, of course, James Steele is a Kansas City Chiefs fan. And somehow, in his mind, the Kansas City Chiefs are like the underdog that everybody counts out. And so is Patrick Mahomes. Like, somehow that has become a thing. So if you compliment oh, we'll another Well, remember last year, after the
0: Super Bowl last year, Travis Kelsey yelled, nobody believed in us. You were the Super Bowl favorites I'm talking about.
2: I, but he's been hanging out with James Steele, and that's right. why. That's, uh, it's like that's Chiefs new, Nation. That's to
1: me. See, now you're just saying things, and you're proving <laughs> it right now. It's Chiefs Nation, Listen, man. Y'all no, think the same. There's no – just because I'm saying it doesn't make it untrue. Well, whenever, whenever also doesn't make it true. The, the biggest game, the <laughs> biggest game in Josh Allen's life, was when he almost beat the Chiefs. They immediately changed a rule that uh, that people wanted changed years before. Whenever it happened to Patrick Mahomes, everyone just said, "Oh, be quiet. Chiefs should have played defense." And they immediately changed it for Josh Allen. Uh, Josh Allen MVP favorite heading into the next year, just because he almost beat the, the Chiefs. The Bills are Super Bowl favorites heading into the next year. Everyone wanted so bad to just crown Josh Allen the king of the NFL, and it didn't happen. And I say that right now the hype for Brock Purdy is because they want him to be the next Tom Brady. Because, because everybody wants up, to unseat
2: Patrick everyone, Mahomes? No, <laughs> that's
1: not, uh, because everyone passed up on him. Uh, multiple times he's Mr. Irrelevant. They they want him to be the guy. So they're going to so they so the the narrative is that he should be MVP. You agree that he shouldn't be MVP?
2: I agree I know that there is a component of games- that to this story. I think it would be it would be listen, it would be one of the best stories in NFL history if the dude went from Mr. Irrelevant to NFL MVP. Yes, that would be an unbelievable story. He had a three-game skid in there where no, that nobody seems to be talking about because I think of about I guess it was the placement of really when it happened in the season that everyone's kind of just like moved on now that the 49ers look great again except for during that three game skid when yes the 49ers weren't at full health Brock Purdy did not look like an NFL MVP at all in those three games so yes I would not hand it to Brock Purdy but none of that has anything to do with Patrick Mahomes totally. by the way totally. like I'm not like Patrick Mahomes my even if you were to give it to Brock this year because Brock is having a better season than Patrick Mahomes by the the numbers, James. It doesn't Barely. mean that anybody's saying that Brock Purdy is a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes.
1: Totally. I, I didn't say that. I mean, I definitely don't believe that that's true. Um, Brock Purdy's having a great season. I, I never said he wasn't. But
2: you're, you're just, my point is, but you're you not shouldn't be about Mahomes MVP. for some reason. I, I do agree. I'm with you,
1: saying yes. that. A lot North of and people Patrick want Holmes. him to be uh, Tom Brady, uh, the, the incarnate of Tom Brady.
0: That's fine, but that doesn't have anything to do with Patrick Mahomes. Like, yes, the league wants more great quarterbacks. That's good for the league. It doesn't mean they want to replace Patrick Mahomes atop the throne. Doesn't you can do a Patrick Mahomes. The, the
2: league are good wants for more football. and more great quarterbacks. It's yeah. good, it's good for football if you're drafting the fifth or sixth round, or if you're the very last pick in the draft, and then you end up an NFL legend. Like that is absolutely. Hey, good Hey, you for better the watch day and, three
0: of the draft. Uh, you know, Mr. Relevant was uh, league MVP. You know, right. yes, the league wants that.
2: Yes, of yes. course. It makes everything more interesting, and it's a hell of a story. It's not a story that I think should pan out this season. It doesn't mean Brock might not win a Super Bowl this season or that Brock's not having an incredible season. Either way, it's a hell of a story, and he certainly has plenty of time in his career, we all hope, to try to compete for the NFL MVP again. I don't think he deserves it this season. I think so far, Christian McCaffrey deserves it because, frankly, I don't think I do any too. of these quarterbacks are separating themselves from the pack. There's several great quarterbacks this season that are in the conversation. I think we need to start and end the conversation, though, outside of the quarterback position. Right, like, that was always
0: it, my point. Right. like, like if, if there's not a quarterback who is far and away having the best year, why aren't we giving it to the skill position player who is having far and away the best year and he's on the team with the best record in the NFL and for Christian McCaffrey to be that that low as far as the odds go or that high I don't know how you want to say it it's pretty baffling but it's probably on point because he's probably not going to win it
2: yeah again uh, if you missed what we were discussing last segment and if you missed anything here you can always check out the podcast on the ESPN app but Last segment, we were discussing the odds from ESPN bet for the NFL MVP. Christian McCaffrey sitting at fourth right now, tied with Josh Allen sitting at fifth at plus 1,000 in terms of the odds. Brock Purdy, the heavy favorite this week, minus 215 leading the pack. Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott rounding out those top three. This week, these things constantly are changing, so we will see. I just don't have much hope That the NFL voters are going to do the right thing and give this thing to somebody other than a quarterback, which if there's a season to do it, it should be this season. But when we see running backs win it, as great of a season as Christian McCaffrey's having when we see these guys win the award it's when they do something unworldly that breaks all nfl records right and that's when you win nfl mvp and as amazing as his season is he's not necessarily doing that it's why tyreek had a shot when we yep. thought tyreek was gonna break 2000 and then tyreek took his health into account and didn't play in this last game so it's incredibly unlikely now. That was, it was a that's selfless
0: move by tyreek hill is what it was it was selfless He sat out for the betterment of the team. If he wanted that record so bad, he'd have played. It's like, no, I don't care. I want to get that record. That was a selfless move by Tyreek Hill. He wants to be there for his team, the team that's going to win the Super Bowl, the Miami Dolphins.
2: Uh, there you go. I am with you on that. I concur. That is the voice of Jonathan Zaslow filling in for Ian tonight here on Amber and Ian. You can find him at Zazlo's show. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Amber and Ian's presented by Progressive. So let's talk about Tom Brady and what he did on Instagram. Now, Tom, he's not throwing footballs these days, at least not professionally, so he's got some time. He's getting and those he's takes got his out thumbs there. free. He can get his takes out there on the gram, like the kids do these days, Zas. So Tom Brady on Instagram. Here's his comment. Nobody likes sees well,
0: this, this this was on a post talking about the DB from Pittsburgh who has been suspended the whole season, right?
2: Yes that is good context that I probably should have provided. This was on a post of that, and here is Tom Brady's response. Nobody likes seeing players get hurt, but hard hits happen. Quarterbacks should not be throwing the ball at areas where they are exposing their own teammates to these types of hits. Coaches need to coach better. Quarterbacks need to read coverages and throw the ball to the right places, and defenders should aim for the right hitting areas. To put the blame on the defensive player all the time is just flat out wrong. Need better quarterback play. It's not okay quarterbacks to get your wide receivers hit because of your bad decisions
0: well i I, I think I think number one he's 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 getting ready and, and showing those analyst chops for you know the potential you know debut maybe next year in, in in a booth I don't know I think that I think it seems like maybe he's that's how you, know, you
2: that's how you earn that 200 million or whatever it is he's, about he's to get paid his, by fox.
0: Dipping his toes in the water there. So let's see what people think of my analysis here. Let me do a little post on Instagram, you know. And now everybody's talking. So, based on us talking about it here, you're doing it right, Tom. Now, in theory, I think what Tom Brady is saying makes a lot of sense. And I think he's right. Even though it's really hard, and you've got to be – there's so many backup quarterbacks that are playing today. You're asking a lot of them to, you know, but make all the right reads, throw a good ball – know all the plays, make the best decisions. And also, even though that wide receiver right there is open, you can't throw it to him right. because, like Andrew Hawkins told us, you're going to throw him into a headache. But the part that I disagree with is his response to this particular post because this player here, I mean, he, he hit that player for the Colts who was diving for the ball. That's the key right there. He hit a player who was laid out and diving. For the ball, so it's like, what is he supposed to do? How is he supposed to tackle him? No, no, you don't have to tackle him. He's diving for the ball. You literally don't have to tackle him. He's falling to the ground on his own. All you're gonna have to do is touch him. So this in this play in particular was a completely unnecessary, very dangerous hit.
2: Well, and it's also the history there for DeMonte Casey why the NFL ends up coming down so hard because allegedly they had warned him at some point as well. But I think Tom's point was your receiver shouldn't be diving for the ball. However, you made an excellent point. A little unfair maybe to Gardner, right? A little unfair to these quarterbacks that are coming in in relief of other quarterbacks. They are backups. They're coming in and having to deal with the playbook this season. Coming up next, Ricky Williams joins the show.
0: We're just weeks into this year, and the news is already nonstop. Two overseas wars, a presidential election already testing the democratic process, a former president in court, it can feel impossible to keep up with. But we can help. I'm Brad Milkey, the host of Start Here, the daily podcast from ABC News. Every morning, my team and I get you caught up on the day's news in a quick, straightforward way that's easy to understand. So kickstart your morning. Start smart with Start Here and ABC News. Because staying informed shouldn't feel like a chore.
2: Controversy of the college football playoff committee is behind us. All that's left now is to take care of business on the field. Amber and Ian is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Jonathan Zaslow filling in tonight for Ian. The Texas Longhorns are going to try to do just that against Washington January 1st in the Sugar Bowl. And we are honored to have Texas Longhorn legend, Miami Dolphin legend as well. Ricky Williams joining us here on Amber and Ian. And Ricky, thanks so much for your time. This is Sarkeesian's third season with the Longhorns he's got a 25 and 13 overall record with Texas now a statement win against Bama they're in the college football playoffs has this turnaround under Sark gone according to plan or do you think it's ahead of schedule
3: well I think it's definitely ahead of schedule because the last two guys you know by year three everyone was ready to get rid of them and so to see Sark in year three everyone wants more it's, it's it's great for us. I mean, we haven't seen this kind of excitement around a head coach since Brown left. All
0: right, so, Ricky, what's your household going to be like during the college football playoff? Like, can, you're obviously, you know, uh, it's your alma mater. It's a big deal to you. But can you relax while watching this game? Do you pace? What's it like for you?
3: Um, I, I don't relax and I don't pace. I sit down in like a cringe ball of stress, you know, Cause, and, and because I played the game, I I can identify with everyone on the field, especially the ones wearing burnt orange. And so it's like, you know, I feel like I'm running and catching and jumping and going through all the motions while I'm sitting down bunched up on my, on my sofa. But so this, this past football season, I was, um, was honored at a Texas game because it was my, 25th year anniversary of winning the Heisman and I was chosen as a distinguished alum at Texas and so all of the family even my little two-year-old got to go to Austin and experience burnt orange fever so perfect timing everyone the whole family is going to be geeked up and and have their horns up it's going to be an exciting time for us.
0: It's very cool, and it's also really interesting because, yeah, it's, it's clearly a stressful thing, which we can understand. I mean, heck, you know, we, we, we used to watch you with the Dolphins. We're Miami people. We're huge Dolphin fans. But now you're nervous watching these games, and my guess is you were not nervous when you played. Is that right? Like, when you're, when you're in it, you don't have time to be nervous about it, right?
3: Well, I wouldn't say that. I was nervous when I played, but I could do something about it. You know, like if a, if a ball came to me and I was, I could catch it, you know, but when you're watching the game, it's up to the, to the, to the athletes. They got to do it. And so that, I think that's where the anxiety comes from. Cause then at home, all you can do is cheer
2: ricky williams or boo Boo. yeah that's that's true ricky williams texas longhorns legend heisman trophy winner joining us here on amber and in so uh, you got three against two january 1st what is the key here for texas what do they need to do to beat this washington team i think they
3: need to do what they've been doing all year and it's kind of generic but it's find a way to win i think in the past you know Texas won their last national championship. They played great defense and Vince did the rest and There's no superstar on the team this year, so everyone everyone's got to show up, but they've they've got so much talent and they've got so many athletes. If they just come together and play together as a team, uh, they'll be fine
0: Ricky, with Texas moving to the s e c they're obviously not the only big program that is moving around. Uh, a, a lot of a lot of different looks we're going to get now in college football with teams moving from conference to conference. What do you make of that state of college football today?
3: No, it's it's wild, but I, it's awesome. I mean, when I played, I always lamented that we couldn't play more SEC teams. You know that we were that we were confined year in and year out to only play the same. When I first got to Texas, Southwest Conference, and then later in my career. Big twelve teams, and I think as Texas has made a name for itself even more over the past twenty years, I think we're we're ready to to take football to the next level. I think the country is ready to see more competitive college football, and I think these realignments are going are going to give the fans what they're asking for.
2: Yeah, in 95, your freshman year at Texas, you guys won the Southwest Conference title. The next year, your inaugural year there with the Big 12, you went ahead and won that conference title as well. So if history says anything about how Texas is going to do in the SEC, looks like they might be just fine. Ricky Williams joining us here on Amber and Ian. Jonathan Zaslow filling in for Ian tonight. So the state of college football in terms of conference realignment, but there's also the state of college football in terms of the transfer portal and naming image and likeness what do you make of name image and likeness and the millions of dollars right now that some of these kids are earning
3: it's professional sports and and i and i mean that in a sense it's not amateur sports anymore it's not about playing for the love with all the rules it's really about being able to 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 take care of of themselves and their families. And I think it's wonderful because for so long in college football, it's been easy to exploit the athletes because the coaches and the universities had all the power. If you went to a program and it wasn't the right fit and you made a mistake, you had to suffer. You were stuck there. You couldn't do anything about it. And, and so I think now that the players have more leverage, it's, I think it's forcing them to be treated better. And I think it's, it's from an athlete's perspective, I think it's great. It's great for us.
0: Ricky, how do you think you would have handled college age? Ricky Williams, who, who won a Heisman Trophy? Uh, we, you were obviously a really big deal on campus. How would the student-athlete Ricky Williams have handled NIL?
2: Ricky, you would have been so rich.
0: So rich. <laughs> so rich. I know. So rich, you know, the,
2: <laughs> so, the reality so young.
3: I'm, I, I, might, I, might not have, I might not have gone to the NFL. And I think that, that's what I'm excited about, because the way it is now, if you want to get the paycheck as a great athlete, you have to survive and make it through college, and then you have to go through the NFL to get that paycheck. But there are so many players that love the game of football but not, not might not necessarily want to play professional football. And those guys have a great opportunity to get themselves off to a great start with an excellent college education and can go in any direction they like. So that's probably what I'm most excited about. And I think had I left my senior year with you know, seven $8 million in the bank, I would have thought strongly strongly about, hey, do I really need to go to the NFL?
2: I've seen quotes from you that you feel like you were meant to be a teacher as opposed to a football player. So maybe that factors into this conversation. Being a coach is kind of being a teacher, right? Why have you never been attracted to the idea of getting involved in football from that perspective?
3: No, I actually have. I, I coached for a year at, a, at a, an FCS school, the Incarnate Word in San Antonio. And I loved it. I, I loved it. And I, and I was really good at it. I mean, my running backs broke records. Um, and it was funny. So I because I loved it so much, I didn't have my degree at the time. So I went back to Texas to get my degree so that I could become a coach. But I fell in love with school. And so I ended, ended up going to grad school instead of going back to coaching. Um, but you know, I I still keep the door open. If someone called me in with an opportunity to coach, it'd be really difficult for me to say no.
2: What do you make of the Mike McDaniels of the world? Coaches these days, a little different than the air. You played under a bunch of different coaches in your NFL career, but I'm not sure any of them were kind of young and quirky the way that Mike McDaniel is for the Miami Dolphins. Do you think you would have related to some of these sort of new age, younger coaches that we're seeing these days?
3: Yeah, you know, it was easy for me to relate to coaches. It was just really hard for the coaches to relate to me. And so I think I think Mike McDaniel was one of the coaches that would've got me, would've related to me and I think I would've loved playing for. Him.
0: Ricky, your your touchdown, you know, like we mentioned, we're, we're big Dolphin fans. Your touchdown record, your single-season touchdown record in Miami lasted for 21 years. It stood up until just a couple of weeks ago when Raheem Mostert uh, passed it. Did, have you given any thought that that record stood for 21 years, man?
3: Honestly, I didn't even realize I had the, the touchdown record. Because um, when I was playing... Um... Guys in the NFL, the Danian um, pre-tomes were scoring 20, 25 touchdowns. So I didn't even, it didn't even occur to me that I had the record until this year. I, I saw the news. So that's cool. The record that I'd really be impressed if someone can go after is the single season rushing yards.
2: Uh, Ricky Williams joining us here on Amber and Ian. Ricky, before we get you out of here, I want to go back to college ball, though, for a second, because we were talking about the changes in college football. Obviously, there's going to be a big one after the season in terms of the playoff expansion. There was a lot of controversy, in large part because of what your team, the Longhorns, did in beating Bama, and it kind of threw the whole thing into a mess. That undefeated FSU gets left out of the playoffs this season. What are you making of the expansion? Do you think it's good for college football? Is 12 teams going to be too many?
3: I think it's great for college football. I think the one thing that I've not liked about college football is, is teams that get better as the season progress, we're not really rewarded. And I think now a team that stumbles in early in the season, but they pick up momentum and they get better, which you're supposed to do in a football season, they get rewarded and get an opportunity to compete. I I think back to my senior year, and we stumbled in the beginning, but we picked up some momentum towards the end, and I think at the end of the season, we could have played with anyone. And I think now teams that have that same experience will have an opportunity to to prove that they can play with anyone.
2: Definitely a changing time. Ricky Williams, Texas Longhorn legend, Heisman Trophy winner, Dolphins legend. He played for the Saints as well. Your resume is too long. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. Thanks, Ricky.
0: Thanks, Ricky. Uh, Thanks for having me.
2: One of the things that people might not know about his resume, Zaslow, is that Ricky Williams is super into astrology. Do you know this about him?
0: Way into that kind of thing. i I don't know anything about astrology, but he's way into it.
2: So he's so into it that he does readings for people because he's like an like he's an expert at this You He reads the hands so on your take, the lines on your hand? That's not astrology. He <laughs> does it based on your birth date. And he is very, you know, a lot of people what we know about it is the signs, right? Where you're Capricorns in, in the house. There you go. Sagittarius for life, okay? Whatever whatever that means. And with him, he gets a lot more specific than that. It's not about your sign. It's about your specific placement in the, I don't know, moon calendar, whatever the heck it is, based on when you were born. He wants to know the minute you were born, on the date you were born. He can tell things about you, Zaslo. And he does this for even celebrities, you know, and, and professional athletes. He can Pull their star chart or whatever, and he can determine why Zach Wilson is having a tough time adjusting to the NFL. Well, or so whatever do it these is. things
0: pan out or is it just a grift like like how do like what
2: is it? i don't know but when i've heard him in interviews i am so intrigued by it that i cannot tell you how many times i have gone to his website and actually signed up for one of these things what and gone as far as almost putting my credit card down i swear but every time i do it his availability is, you know, four months out or whatever.
0: So Can't you I've, expense that? Can you make it into a bit for the show? You got to get that expensed. Whose desk do you got to so put that down on?
2: I just find it fascinating. I just, I want Ricky Williams to tell me my future or tell me about myself or something. I don't know. Here you I go. Think it sounds expense
0: cool. this moon reading. Yeah, I think, I think we it can expense cool. that. that sounds, there you go. Let's get on yeah. it.
2: It's like, I don't know how much it is, a few hundred bucks to do a one-on-one personal reading for Ricky Williams to read your stars or whatever he does. I like it. I want it done. I'm telling you guys, I'm getting it done sometimes by Ricky Williams. And then I will know everything about myself and where I am going and why I spent so many years of my life talking to Jonathan Sazlow. So many Sazlow mysteries will be solved. On, on sports radio. So many will be solved. Coming up next here on Amber and Some Ian Jonathan best left
0: unsolved. <laughs>
2: filling in for Ian tonight it is your turn to weigh into the conversation we are going to open up the phone lines to you are you into astrology by Ricky Williams or anything else how about this Aaron Rodgers by the way he's probably really into astrology honestly but hey, how about those Aaron Rodgers it, it, give us a call. He has now walked it back completely. He is apparently not going to play this season because that would be unrealistic of him to make his debut this season for the New York Jets. Triple H say ESPN is Brock Purdy, the NFL MVP, 888-729-3776.
3: That was the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks what do you seek here. ...to vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of
0: war, passion, and power.
3: it come.
0: FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu.
1: 13 black odd, no winner.
3: Spin the wheel, make a deal. It's a game of chance. Let's play Call a Roulette with Amber and Ian. Who is your
2: NFL MVP? It feels like it changes week to week of this NFL season. It's been a hot topic on today's show. Also because James Steele thinks that everybody's trying to unseat Patrick Mahomes as the king of the NFL all the time. Because, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs such a lovable underdog those Kansas City Chiefs. Everyone's out to get them all the time. People don't like we the also, Chiefs.
0: We also very uh very obviously learned that Amber had her teenage Amber had her car tricked out. Correct. To no one's surprise.
2: That is absolutely accurate information. Uh, 41-year-old Amber feels a little bit differently about systems and 10s in the trunk, then 16 year old Amber felt. That was a story I shared earlier in the show. If you missed any of that, you can check out the podcast on the ESPN app. Jonathan Zazlow filling in tonight for Ian Fitzsimmons. Amber and Ian's presented by Progressive. So, whatever your hottest takes are, NFL MVP, Aaron Rodgers, whatever you got, bring them our way. The Eagles struggles. The fold lines are open. Triple Eight, say ESPN. Let's spin the wheel. Christian is calling us on the Dr. Pepper call line from Louisiana. Hey, Christian, thanks for the call. Go ahead.
3: Hey, I, I think the MVP should definitely be Brock Purdy. And I'm not a 49ers fan by any means. It's a great story. But a lot of people are saying Lamar Jackson. But Lamar Jackson has 3,000 passing yards, 17 touchdowns,
0: and 13 turnovers. So that's, and Brock Purdy has 29 touchdowns and nine turnovers and 800 yards
3: more than Lamar. Like, how is that even a comparison?
2: Right. And by the numbers, I understand what you're doing there. It is, it, you know, it's always difficult when we have the conversation and we, you can pull stats from any which line though is the problem Zaslow. Like some of those stats and also, is that even, James, you're waving at me.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, you, you, he said the passing yards, but a big part of Lamar's game is also the rushing yards, and he has uh, over uh, nearly 800 rushing yards, too. So, like, you can you can say that he has that, like, like his passing yards aren't as much as Brock Purdy, and that's true, but you're also going to have to mention And he's rushed for 740 yards, too.
2: Right. I I mean, if we're just doing it based on passing yards, I mean, Chua has more passing yards than Brock. I guess that's my point, is that you can just pull from a specific category here and there. Interceptions, I do think, should matter a bit more into this conversation when we're talking about quarterbacks. But all of these guys are lumped together for a reason, Saslo, because nobody has separated themselves from the pack. That's the point. That's why you can pull yep. this stat from Tua, and this stat from Brock, and this stat from Lamar, and this stat from Josh, and this stat from Patrick. Yep. And it's like, we can make the argument box by box over here when we pull the advanced stats, who's the best? And that in and of itself is the problem to me and why CMC should get it.
0: And I, by the way, don't necessarily agree with Christian saying he hears, well, although I don't, I don't know what he's hearing. Maybe he is hearing. Uh, who might I to tell him what he hears? But he's saying he hears <laughs> a lot of people are making the case of Lamar Jackson. I'm not hearing those people. So we're, we're hanging out in different circles.
2: <laughs> let's, spin, let's spin the wheel. I, I, I think I'm in your circle because I've actually heard it pretty quiet on the, on like the, the this season, uh, but even though a lot of people think the Ravens are the best team in the NFL, Jim is calling us from Texas on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Hey, Jim, thanks for the call. What do you have for us?
3: Uh, I live about 100 miles northeast of, of Dallas, and I'm a diehard Cowboys fan. I've been dying a lot, but think we, we, you know, rained the back several times, but Cowboys – I I'll do something this year, uh, and I also live about ten miles from Gene Stallings. Does that name ring a bell? No. Gene Stallings, Alabama coach, one of the Junction Boys.
2: Okay. Played for the
3: Cowboys. Tom Landry. Okay. <laughs>
2: so what? 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 What is the? What? What's your conclusion? So you're a Cowboys fan. Are you confident? Uh, yes, I am. You're confident I'm also with how a Texas fan. Okay. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say. So, what's the conclusion then for you this season with the Cowboys? Do you feel like they are Super Bowl ready?
3: Some weeks they play like it, and the other weeks they just fall apart like this week. I don't know. It's kind of hard to tell. If they, if they play like they do and beat somebody thirty to nothing, of course, you know I would love to see them in, uh, against Cleveland in the Super Bowl. Maybe their defense against defense that would be a good matchup. But uh, but I'm not the guy. The every NFL team that up there, in the right in the top 10, they want to rotate every week. And so as the quarterback, so they want to rotate. nobody wants the MVP and nobody wants right. to just run away. With-
2: yeah, it do- thanks so much for the call, Tim. It does feel like one of those seasons where it's not just the MVP rotating, it's who's the best team in the NFL that is rotating or who's the best team in the NFC that is rotating week by week. Let's spin it. Josh is in Kentucky. He's calling us on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Hey, Josh, you got about 30 seconds. Go for it.
3: Hey, first of all, I'd like to say thanks for having me on. I appreciate you guys. I love listening to you get me through my night at work, um, but everybody's talking about the comparison between Jackson and Purdy. You know, Purdy is not even MVP of his own team. NFL MVP this year is Christian McCaffrey.
2: Thanks for the call, Josh. Thanks for the support. I do agree with what Josh just said. I think you've got to be the most valuable player on your team in order to be the most valuable player in the league. And as good as Brock has been this season, it was not NFL MVP caliber during those three games that Debo wasn't there during that three-game skid What CMC has done this season, I just find it so much more remarkable, I guess, maybe overall, too, because, boy, is he such a dynamic player. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, no comeback for Aaron Rodgers this season, but how long is he planning on playing for the Jets?